Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Ajar Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. First of all, actions speak louder than words, okay? That being said, maybe the Cowboys' actions have been right all along. Maybe that they've handled this better than we've given them credit for. So Philly and Los Angeles are both in a little bit of a unique situations because they paid their quarterbacks really early. We all said, pay Dak, pay Dak. Not we, but a lot of you guys said, pay Dak, pay Dak. And they haven't. And while they don't have their solution right now, they have way more flexibility than those other two teams. I need you guys to tell me, like, what the heck has happened that makes you think that they are going to pay Dak Prescott more money than they would have last year with less money to do it since the salary cap is going to be less. I like that because we have a bet going on, Brent. Kiss to remember that you bet that Dak Prescott would be a top three in terms of money per year. He'd be a top three quarterback next year. Top three? Top three. Oh, boy. Who are the top three guys paid? I mean, it's got to be Mahomes right now and Watson, right? Is it Watson or Wilson? No, I'm sorry. See, that well, that wasn't – I thought that was the bet. No, so Dak Prescott over $35 million a okay, year. Okay, yeah. Which, I mean, would be, I think, top three. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check that out. Yeah. Top uh, QB salaries. And meanwhile, that was Jason Fitz, obviously. And so sometimes words do speak louder than actions because you said – that wasn't Jason Fitz? That was Orlovsky. Oh, yeah, that no. was Orlovsky. <laughs> I wish I, I – I knew that was Orlovsky. I had no idea. I thought that was Fitz. It sounds like Fitz, no, or not? Wow, look at the. Well, it's hard for me because I mean, I was I knew who it was. That's so. a good point. Hey, well, so anyways, by the way, here look yeah. at uh, Russell Wilson in 2020. This was yep. uh, 53 million he made in 2020. Kirk Cousins 40 million. Carson Wentz 39 million. Ryan Tannehill 37 million. Oh, you're fine then. Prescott was 30 million. Now it's just the way these contracts get structured, right? Because now Mahomes is over that. So well, uh, I'll tell you what, we're not counting signing bonuses here either, Brent. All right, this is straight up salary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, good. I good. think. Did we make that? No, no, that's, that's it's, it's not in the record here. Who are the highest paid quarterbacks in the NFL in 2021? Let's see if these guys got it. Google, do me right. Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, 45, 39 million. Russell Wilson, 35. Ben Roethlisberger, 34. Okay. Goff, 33. Rodgers, 33. Cousins, 33. Wentz, 32. Prescott was getting 31 with the franchise tag. Is that if they do it? Uh, this must have been 20. Oh, it would go up. If he gets franchise tag, he'd go to 37.68. Come on! <laughs> yeah! Yes! That could happen. Cut him. That could happen. Cut him. And hopefully nobody picks him up. <laughs> By the way, I'm going to win that bet. Yeah, you got that one. I think I'm going to win that bet. That was a heated exchange, too, if I'm not mistaken. I was getting super passionate about that one. I, I don't know like what was... You know, up with me that day. But I remember we kind of got into a little bit about Dak Prescott and how much money he's making. Okay, so there's a mock draft out. Uh, yay, mock draft. Shock your mock. Soon to return. Oh, get ready. The shock master's coming for Might everybody. Might even make t-shirts for shock your mock. We were talking yeah. about it yesterday. And, and once again, Trevor Lawrence number one, everybody. I just made your, your mock draft a little easier. Okay? Yeah, just don't don't try to be that guy or, or girl, obviously. But don't be that person. Like, I'm going to be funny here. I'm going to put like 10 Grant Delpits on and see what Austin react. No. No Grant Delpits, and Trevor Lawrence number one overall. This mock draft by McShay is going to be interesting for you. Okay. Because I haven't seen it either. I mean, I I know who the Jaguars are taking at 25. 
but I haven't seen the whole thing. Okay, so the mock draft has Trevor Lawrence. Yes. At one, appropriately. Sounds about right. Now, what's interesting here too, this where this where I want this discussion to go. As you look at the quarterbacks, and see, I always think mock drafts around this time of year get more interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's two different things to look at as a mock draft if you were solving the riddle. Mm-hmm. One is they want clicks. Okay. Of course. Yeah, so yeah. Anything little... that they say right now isn't exactly how it's going to show by April 20th when they do their last mock draft, mm-hmm. and then they try to get it right. So there's two different things. If you're doing a mock draft, one, you want people to be interested by something. And two, when you do one later, you want to be right. Correct. Okay. So right now you're not as interested as being right. Is sure. my point. But Trevor's going number one. But everybody knows that. See, that loses a little bit of luster because, one, there's really no debate. Yeah. And every mock draft has Trevor Lawrence number one. Correct. And I can't find one yet. Find me one. Send us one if you, ha- if you have found one that has Justin Fields. So we can absolutely bring that website down. But this is where it does get interesting. And, and the reason why I think it's interesting this time of year is because this is the time of year, uh, even though we're not having a combine, mm-hmm. that – the national reporters and other folks like that end up talking to GMs. You know, they just had the senior bowl. You might have seen a, somebody there yeah, at yeah. Veets, you know, at yeah. the bar. You might have, you might have <laughs> had, like, what do you think of this guy? What do you think of that guy? Yeah, so yeah. I think instead of those November and early December and even January mock drafts, yeah. I think these are the ones that, okay, keep an eye at some of these names and where they're listed. Well, Zach Wilson, number two to the Jets, which makes me wonder, is the Wilson stock really going high, or is McShay just setting himself up to later put fields no, in this listen, mix? listen, you, you've seen Wills. Well, this is a crazy thing, too, about um, these mock drafts, and really mock draft season, if you will. It's an echo chamber. Like, one person says one thing, and, like, 25 draft websites, it's the exact same thing. Yeah. Like, they, they all follow each other. They're like lemmings. Yes, take some, you know, disrespect taken, please. But, like, with Zach Wilson, I've seen that a couple places now. So I'm not too shocked I, about no, it. I agree. I, but I just don't know if it's more just posturing or not. But here's the thing, though, Brent. And like I said, I've seen that a couple places. Justin Fields. A couple months ago, we had Jason Fitz on. And we were talking about Justin Fields as the overall, definitely the number two quarterback taken. There was like no ands, ifs, buts about it. Now, you know how I felt about it. You know what team I'm on. And you know who I said I was going to take. And we'll see where he's taken in a couple seconds. But like, I just find it funny now that everybody's on the Justin Fields bandwagon. He has the game of his life against Clemson and Trevor Lawrence, and now all of a sudden he's like the third best quarterback in this this draft, or the fourth best quarterback in this draft. It's crazy how that works. It is wild how it works and the ebbs and flows. After uh, Zach Wilson, give it to me. Say say the name. Trey Lance. In a mock trade, <sighs> Carolina jumped up with because Miami they want him. because they want him. Brent, he's that good. He's that good, Brent. How? Oh! So Justin Fields is below him. Yes. <laughs> yes. And you all want to call me crazy, small school guy from North Dakota State played one game. Okay. I'm just saying sometimes my sources, my sources, they tell me these things. Just saying, everybody. <laughs> Can we get to April? Let's go. Uh, <laughs> I'm happy right now. No. So listen to the description. The quarterback to Carolina rhetoric isn't new, but some might be surprised to see Lance as the pick rather than Ohio State's Justin Fields. I certainly Fields. am not, but go on, Brent. Both possess strong arms. Both are highly competitive. Both are sturdy mm. in the pocket and pick sure. up chunks when they decide to tuck in and run. Both can hit the deep ball. But it's going back to the tape. I think Lance goes through his progression through his progressions a little quicker than Fields, who gets stuck on his primary read too often. It's tight, but I think Lance 
has an edge, which is interesting. If there's if it's going to be tight, don't you think most people will go to Justin Fields oh, because of the big doubt. time games? Well, and there's right? there's more games. Uh, well, more, yeah. and, but also just the big time more play, experience. right? Playing yeah. in the Big Ten, for sure. Playing beating Clemson, like that was a big moment. Yeah. Uh, so. I, I'm surprised by that if it's really that tight. Sure. So this was the first time I've seen or I can remember seeing in recent memory Lance jumped up this high yeah. via a trade with Carolina. Uh, but the Falcons then go Justin Fields, four quarterbacks off the board in the first four picks, but Fields being the fourth quarterback. Wow. I mean, what is the likelihood that happens? But Not only you could say Lance, but also he has to be behind Zach Wilson. Yeah. I mean, would you bet? I mean, what's that in Vegas? Like, that's like plus 1,500 for Fields to be the fourth quarterback, right? I would say so. I mean, I mean, listen, because go back to the national championship game. The problem wasn't Fields. Like, he didn't do that bad, did he? No. Like, against Bama? I mean, Bama was a juggernaut. We knew that. But, like, like and then the Clemson game. Anybody, like, like, listen, the, the, this was my only thing about Fields, and this is what I brought up when it happened. I said that those, especially the Indiana game, that was the first kind of red flag for me because that, that bad was so bad, Brent. Okay, like, it's one thing if you have an off game. Yeah. But the bad was so bad that I saw against Indiana. And then that bad was so, and Northwestern as well, was so bad. I'm just like, dude, I get it, man. There's a lot of hype there. You're a dual threat guy. You got the wheels. I mean, obviously, that's tailor-made to the the modern NFL athlete right now. But, dude, you're bad. It was bad. So, like, that's why I was kind of off the field's bandwagon. But to say that he's going the, the fourth overall quarterback taken might be a little aggressive. And would be the fourth overall pick. McShay says if it played out like that. And again, some mock We're not just trying to make headlines. It, it would be the first time that quarterbacks have gone one, two, three, four to begin round one. Yeah. It'd be wild. It'd be a trip. I don't um, think it's going to happen. But Next off the board is uh, Penny Sewell. Yeah. And what's I, I said this to you. Would the Jags be crazy enough? You know, it's all about Orlando Brown and the and let's just say the uh, draft capital you got to give up. Yeah. Right. To yeah. get him. Mm-hmm. And then the dollars you've got to pay. Well, wouldn't it maybe make a little more sense in these kind of situation to maybe give away as that draft capital for Penny Sewell and go trade back up into the top five? Because now you're getting yeah. a rookie deal I'll tell you right on now, a guy that looks to be a generational left tackle. I'll tell you right now, and it feels like we're playing Madden a little bit, but if that actually happened, I'm getting an Urban Meyer tattoo that <laughs> night. Hey, listen, listen. If we're watching the draft, where are you going to be? You going to be in Jacksonville? I'll be in Cleveland, probably. You'll be Cleveland, okay. So then you won't be around me. But so, or with the mayor of Cartersville. <laughs> you never know. But I'm just saying, if you know Trevor Lawrence number one, obviously crowd goes wild, fantastic, and all of a sudden, trade in Jacksonville Jaguars. Like when that happens. I'm walking out of the apartment, my my place, and I'm going, bed. I'll be back. Got to get tattooed. Got to get the Urban Meyer face. I don't want to see what the, what the pick is in because I understand it. It'll be a commercial, but I know who they're going to take. It's going to be an offensive tackle, and I'm getting Urban Meyer's tattooed <laughs> right his face, right on my wrist. Because <laughs> I'd be that excited. Like, that, that, that would be like you want to talk about making a splash, Brent. Like, listen, you already got Trevor Lawrence. Like, we. It's still going to be a, a monumentous day, right? Like, when he puts that jersey on or the hat and everything like that, like, yeah, we know it's coming. I mean, we'll, we'll spoiler alert, we've known for the past how many months now. But that's still going to be big. But if they flip the script and go back in the top five again, come on, man. See, yeah, come on, Brent. It, it's, uh, come on, man. I would say it's highly unlikely because of what you – I mean, it just doesn't happen. And also, Cincinnati w- it really wants Sewell. Like, they need to protect – Burrow, so the price tag could be enormous mm-hmm. uh, just to even jump in front of them. But, B, what a wild scenario. I, I just thought about that a little bit today. I was like, what if they did? I mean, why not go go be super aggressive? Yeah. You don't like the back end of the first round. You've got all this draft capital, 
And now you go get two, like, slam dunk guys. Mm -hmm. Like, slam dunk guys in terms of Lawrence and Sewell that, again, if we were picking fifth for the Bengals, everybody's going to take that pick. If we're picking first for the Jags, everybody's going to take that pick. Well, why not your first two picks, if you're bulky and Meyer, to lead this thing off be just unquestioned, no doubt, studs mm-hmm. that everybody would pick if they had the opportunity to pick. Just be a matter of how much you got to give up. And again, we're talking Orlando Brown a little bit today. We talked Cam Robinson. Just think of the dollars you save on a rookie deal versus a guy like Orlando Brown. I'm just saying Kevin Costner kick rocks in that movie Draft Day. They're going to do Draft Day too, and it'll be a real story. It'll be a documentary style. Then there's a run on wide receivers Gordon McShay, Jamar Chase, which I, st- I wonder how his year off is going to be treated and how he will be. You think he's the best year. receiver of that group? I kind of do if you go back to last year and look i'm telling you man that guy no everyone's more, high on it's him. more about it. what i've read about him for two years I, mm-hmm. I think now people are so hot on Devonte smith because yeah. of the year and they should be he's earned that but i still think chase is probably a better receiver and in the nfl you still are a little like okay Devonte smith 170 pounds 175 pounds yeah, like yeah. I, that doesn't leave you, right? That kind of is like that well, sticks out to you. Yeah, you have a hard time seeing Devontae Smith. Because, like, listen, everyone's got the preconceived notion of what, what a wide receiver looks like. It's hard to imagine Devontae Smith on the outside running those goal routes and just, you know, saying, go get it. Like, he's more of the slot guy making miss. But, I mean, obviously he's uber talented as well. Uh, Jalen Waddle, though. Who's another talented dude. That's three yeah. receivers in a row in the uh, top ten. Okay. I, I want to say one thing. I'll get to the Jags. Other Like, Kyle Pitts ends up going by 11. Um Mac Jones goes to Chicago at 12. And so could – is there a chance that Justin Fields could even slip behind Mac Jones and be the fifth quarterback? I don't think so. You don't think so? No, because I think Mac Jones and the whole – like, I understand. You know, I mean, was a Heisman candidate, would have won it if it wasn't for the Devontae Smith. But, like, in terms of his skill set, and he's got an arm. You can't deny that. He's got good decision-making skills. But to me, he's only tailor-made for a few offenses in the NFL just because of his lack of mobility. Okay, uh, Jags do pick down at 25, Levi Anwuzorike. Mm. I hope I said that right. I honestly don't know much about him. I am gonna. I mean, I looked him up a little bit because I saw that the Jaguars took him. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be a little bummed from the name pronunciation. So, Trent Belke, how about you make your... Anwuzorike. It's yeah. not as hard as you think. Uh, it looks tougher. Yeah, but look who you're dealing with. You're dealing with me here. Um, and and I that's think, if I'm saying it right. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and plus, you know, it's me. So, like, it's it's a little harder. Yeah. Okay, Brent? Some Just of us call have him, been, like, was. What's up? <laughs> yeah, I got you with Puzz. I still can't pronounce <laughs> Puzz's name, yeah, right? So say was. So, yeah, what's up? <laughs> or Levi. But um, the, the things that I actually watched... Uh, and that's the cool thing about YouTube these days, Brent. I could type in any player and watch hi- yeah. highlight film. Like, everyone's got their highlight film well, up there Well, what do you now. see? So, three technique guy. Quick guy, right? W- yeah. W- uh, there's a thing. Without sounding too cliche, he's got a good first step. Yeah. And how many times do I say that? Well, if you go into but, the first round, you probably do. Exactly. Um, super heavy hands in terms of pass rushing. What I saw was limited. Uh, great bull rusher. Um, besides that, eh, it's okay. But I think with him, with his athleticism, his first step, and his hand pop, um, I think the transition, if he was to play a 3-4 defensive end, would be pretty easy for him hmm. okay. in, in the NFL. All right, so there's two players I want to talk about. Here's a guy. Now, I, I just kind of threw out that Penny Sewell thing, um, and you liked it, and you're getting an Urban Meyer tattoo if it happens. Here's the player that I would be willing to, and I want to see where he, he, he slide if he were to slide down to a, like the middle of the first round. Say somewhere between pick 13 and 18, and you're pit, sitting at 25, and I'm not talking about Kyle Pitts. I mean, what are you talking about? No, then? I'm not right. talking about Kyle Pitts. Okay, well, this, keep that name that I think this guy might be, 
outside of the QBs, might be the best player in the draft. Whew. Well, wide receiver. Nope. No. Oh, the linebacker. Um, not part. Uh, what's the guy's name? He's a linebacker. Uh, nope. No. Okay, then I have no idea who you're talking about, sir. He's a corner. Corner. I don't. Who? I don't know. Patrick Sertan. Oh, from Bama. Okay. I from, really like him. Okay. Yeah. I'm taking the quarterbacks aside and watch Patrick Sertan have maybe the best career out of any of these guys in the first round. Really. I just think what? he's going to be a stud. Okay. I know there's a lot of guys here, by the way, too, and so that's ask, that's saying a lot. Yeah. I just that just I just wanted to make it at least overly dramatic at how much I think this guy's good. Okay. And I think that's a guy like everybody's talking about Kyle Pitts. I just threw the Penny Sewell like crazy scenario out yeah. there. And like, I'm talking Kyle Pitts. Big people time, are talking about Pitts if if he slides down to 14, 15, 16, would you trade up and go get him? And I agree with that. That's fine if if that's what you want to do. Sure, go do it. Yeah. But I think Sertan should covet that same kind of possibility yeah. for the Jags. And now, listen, they've got him in the top 10. So maybe he's a top 10 guy, sure. and that's where he goes. But corners can fall a little bit. And so I would be highly interested in uh, Patrick Sertan and locking up the other side. And C.J. Anderson still has a lot to prove anyway for me. Well, listen, in terms of evaluating the cornerback position, nobody does it better than Brett Martin. If you, if you remember last year, <laughs> if you remember last year for our mock draft, everybody, Took, uh, what, what pick was that, number 20? Uh, that was 20. Number 20 on the ESPN National. Trevon Diggs. Trevon Diggs. Still better than Christian Fulton. Debatable. But I didn't say take Christian Fulton. I said he, he was my number. Th- I said C.D. Lamb, Caleb on Chase on, and then Christian Fulton. Okay. Did. Now, with that being said, where where does Sertan rank in tra- what you saw from Trevon <laughs> Diggs last? I just want to see where your head's at way right better, now. Way better, way better. Way better? Way better. I mean, but you're, okay, because you were on Trevon Diggs last year. I, well, I, I did like Trevon Diggs. Okay. Because that's another Alabama guy. It's been a year, and he was better than Christian Fulton. That's all I needed in the debate. And you know what, Brent? I can't stress. How mad were you when he felt, was he third round pick? No, he's second. Not, I think he was like fiftieth. Okay, it wasn't first though. He might not have been that far actually. I think he was in the low forties. Okay, but it was a little surprising he wasn't a first round pick. I was Fulton in the first round? By the way, no, obviously not. Um, <laughs> Javon Diggs was pick number fifty one. So, oh, so, 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 so stop trying to make it sound like yeah. it was trying to make it, it sound better with fifty at first. <laughs> uh, are you doing that this year again? What the the ESPN? Draft? Oh yeah, I don't know. I mean, Trevor Lawrence, obviously. That's who I went with, right? I went with. I did go with Diggs on the broadcast. You, oh, no, you I went with Kinlaw. You went with Kinlaw went first. Kinlaw. I was probably on that one, Brent. Yeah. Brought a that wouldn't have been eye. a bad pick. No. In fact, I might have outpicked the Jags. You might Kinlaw have. might be better than well, Anderson. We, because that was my idea, too. Yeah. And then the other one, I didn't give you any advice. I wanted to see what you did. Because remember, I wrote, I wrote it down. It was like draft day. Well, I'm like, I'm going to predict who Brent Martin did takes. I, I didn't say Diggs there, did I? Yeah, you took Diggs. Oh, I did take Diggs on yeah. that moment. Okay. And then I threw the card away because I'm like, no. Who did you have? I had you. I thought you were gonna. Well, I had. C, so for me, it was C.D. Lamb. It was Caleb on Chase on. Well, Lamb and was off Fulton. the board. No, he wasn't. He was off the board at twenty. Not, not. But for the mock draft, he was. Bro, are the you Cowboys sure? had taken him right before no, me. No, Brent. I'm saying. No, I'm no, telling okay, you. Okay, in the mock draft. Okay, then yeah. maybe I was okay. Then maybe okay. Then it would have been. Yeah. Chase on, Chase or, on. or Fulton. You had said. Yeah. Um. But no, like. Well, I don't, what are we even talking about? <laughs> I'm sorry. So who did you think I was going to take? That's what you were saying. Oh, you had I had down. you uh, taken, I think, Epinesa from Iowa. Okay, yeah. Um, How did he do? Okay. Yeah. Okay. He was it, on my short list. In Buffalo, yeah. And I think I had you taken, I had you taken C.D. Lamb as well. Uh, yeah. And, yeah. Lamb was going to be won. my guy. Oh, good then. Okay. I, but didn't, I, think, I didn't know that. But in the mock draft, 
the Cowboys had two picks as well, I believe, or maybe it was just their one. Yeah. But they picked like 18th. Yeah. And they picked them. Yeah. And so I couldn't go with the receiver. What, what happens? So then I went with Trevon Diggs. Hey, be honest, too. What happens when you go Trey Lance number one? For this mock draft, just to, just to kind of see what happens. What, how about this? I know I'm getting this one right. If they call me, if they call me, yeah. they might call you instead. No, nah, no, don't After call me. After the dig stuff. Don't, don't call me, man, because I will ruin that whole draft. I'm going to make trades and stuff. No, nah, you, you don't want to call me on that. All right, so hey, the other guy, so I think Patrick Sertan. Okay. But I want to tell you, the guy that seems like, again, remember what I told you at the top of the segment? I said, the national guys learn more. They hear more. Mm-hmm. They, they They poke around more. Um, uh, I think around February time and even as we go along in free agency, you start those guys get a better feel of what the GMs and scouts are thinking. And I don't know if anybody has risen up mock boards in the last three months more than Kadarius Tony. Yeah. Now I'm not a huge fan of the Jags taking Kadarius Tony. Like I'm not a huge like I shouldn't say not fan. I'm not a huge I'm not pushing that. Okay? But I will say this. If Urban Meyer thinks Kadarius Tony can fit and is really good and what he sees, I'll trust the hell out of that. Well, do you get because per- Urban yeah. Meyer knows what Percy Harvin looks like? Say, he don't knows you get Percy guys. Harvin vibes a little bit from Kadarius That's Tony. That's what some people say. Some people are like, no, 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 don't even say that. You know, but mm-hmm. the bottom line is that is one pick. I'm not going to say this on every pick Urban Meyer makes, okay. but I would say if he thinks Kadarius Tony can fit in what they're doing, I'd buy that. And, and I like the idea of that. I just don't know if the Jets – I'm not pushing the Jags to do that. Sure. But in this mock draft by McShay, he's up to number 19. He wouldn't even get to the Jags at 25. Are we still on the Kyle Pitts? Like, whatever happens if the Jaguars trade up to get Kyle Pitts? You mad about that? No, I'm, I'm okay. not mad. I think it's unlikely. Okay. So we're still on the, the offensive tackle, but the tight end, not so much. No. In fact, I, I'm just saying most likely. No. No, no, I hear you. I hear you. If I could trade up for three guys in this draft that I think could be there – well, well, one would be this crazy trade. That would be Sewell. That's Correct. not going to happen. I know. Then the other two guys that I would I would think about trade, explore, and see how much, and see if he can do it, depending on where they fall, would be one, Patrick Sertan, mm-hmm. and two, Kyle Pitts. Got it. Wow. Sertan over Pitts. Yes. Yes. <sighs> we'll wow. be back. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. I hope That's so. your general manager of the Jaguars, Brent Martin. <laughs> Brent Martineau. Well, listen, if we wanted to just bump WWE by like a half hour or a few minutes, yeah. we should have just rolled your your highlight tape. Austin Lane. Oh, and there it is. And now Brent's playing ball. All of a sudden, Chapman throwing some high heat at me. Watch out for that suspension, Brent. Real quick, though. <laughs> Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Hey, the Big Baller brand is doing pretty well. Big Baller? Mm-hmm. Really? Who's the rookie? LaMelo? Yep. He leads all rookies oh, no, in like good. every he, category. He, he dropped uh, He dropped eight threes, I think. Or was seven he's threes. easily going to be the rookie of the year. Yeah, right I thought now. it was going to be that, that cat from um, Golden State, too. I was way off with that one. Yeah, it's going to be him. Wiseman? So yes. is he the best ball brother? I yeah I think so right. I, I think talent wise yeah I mean off the get go yeah because like Lavar wait is it, I, I get him confused Lavar's dad no Lamelo Lamelo Lonzo Lonzo are the two. yeah Lonzo is the oldest right Lonzo's on the Pelicans yeah, yeah. Lonzo, 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 Lonzo the like, there was a seemed like I mean it was a little adjustment period for him to get acclimated I feel yeah like. and both came in with the same problem and they were worried about their scoring ability not yeah. necessarily facilitating an offense yeah um. 
I think that's interesting, though, because I've kind of tried to right or wrong, mm-hmm. fair or unfair, mm-hmm. block the big baller brand from my brain. <laughs> Which is by far, I don't think that's a thing anymore, by the way. I know. That went bankrupt, right? Or this, I don't the, know. Yeah, but yeah. the bottom line is, like, it got so <laughs> annoying with the for, for yeah. years. It's like a Kardashian topic. They were in the WWE. They were showcased. They, were they really? Yeah. Like, they brought them out there for a couple stint, you know, stunts. Wasn't uh, Bad Bunny recently out there, too? Yeah, he's, he's all over the place. And that, that's a funny story, too, because okay. my friends who are diehard wrestling fans, like even more they than I, like well, they don't know who he is. <laughs> so that makes it a problem for the wrestling community. Anyways. But anyway, it's good It's good to see him playing well. Like, uh, that's cool. I, I, you shouldn't be root. The whole thing was annoying and aggravating and yeah. it got to be too much. But he's a good player, obviously. And uh, I, I, it felt like Lonzo was inflated. In terms of, okay, how good is he? Well, mm-hmm. dad keeps saying he's the greatest. I mean, listen, we all live in that world. I can sit here and tell you, hey, Ty and Kaylee are unbelievable at baseball and softball. Sure. They're just unbelievable. You know, yeah, I can yeah. be that guy <laughs> and you can be that, like, everybody, but parents are kind of that way in general anyway. Yeah, they're proud. Right? You can be proud. But he sold it so hard yeah. how good this guy was going to be that it was like, not believable, and then he couldn't live up to the hype initially with all the conversation, mm-hmm. and so it kind of subsides. You know, Lonzo's doing whatever he's doing out in New Orleans. No, he's, he's, actually, he's playing, he's right? Playing he's, playing well. doing, he's playing pretty well, right? I mean, the games that I've watched, Lonzo Ball plays done well, yeah. But then you get this other kid come in, and now he's really balling. Correct. Like, so good for him. But, you know, again, I, well, I think their dad created this... Just this aura about him that it was almost in this day and age, people were rooting for those guys to fail. No, for sure. And they're rooting for them to fail just because of the dad, which is, you know, that's not always the way you want to go about things. I mean, listen, there's there's, I guess, a fine line between being a proud parent and kind of being annoying with it. And like, listen, I think how LeVar Ball handled the situation with Lonzo obviously more than. Lamelo is the fact that with Lonzo, like he was everywhere. He was on ESPN, he was on Fox Sports, and he, he was like Don King promoting this kid. And it got to the point where you got the sense that NBA athletes were like, oh, "Okay, so it's how it's going to be now." Like he's in for a rude awakening. Then it was almost like you were setting up Lonzo to be like, "I don't want him on my team," right? I think that was kind of the case yeah. a little bit, right? And that maybe be why he got traded from LA uh, to New Orleans in the first place because didn't. I forgot what LeVar... LeVar had a comment about LeBron James, something like that, whatever the case may be. It was stupid. Uh, let me ask you this. A uh, big story out of the NBA is Mark Cuban and the Mavs not playing the national anthem. Yeah. How big of a story is it the NBA says, hey, uh, with longstanding tradition of playing the national anthem, everybody has to play the national anthem? Mm-hmm. What was the overall... What's the overall view of this? Again, I haven't looked up. I, I know this can well, become a political topic like it, it has, is, Brent. And, and it will be. You can't... Yeah. By the way, that's in the state of Texas, usually a conservative state, yeah. that that's, uh, that happened. Uh, not to say Mark Cuban's a conservative owner, not at all, in a liberal league. Yeah. But uh, is like where do we fall on that? You know, it's an interesting history with the national anthem to begin with. When I think the national anthem in sporting events, I really think the Olympics. I think the Olympics and I think of games like the Major League Baseball All-Star Game. Mm. You know, I think I think of these monumental moments. But mm-hmm. I went to a high school basketball game yesterday at the national anthem. Right, sure. so many of our events have a national an- at the national anthem. Now it's almost like you have to have the national anthem. Mm-hmm. And by the way, for me, I like the national anthem being played. Like yeah. I think it's a good moment. I, yeah. I I just 
I also think in our sports world, it has come with a lot of controversy in the last handful of years Mm -hmm. in debate. Mm -hmm. And so was Cuban basically saying, hey, we're going to eliminate this kind of debate? Or was he making a statement? You know, I I don't know. I mean, Cuban, listen, the the guy's everywhere, right? He's on Shark Tank. He's a... you know he's he's a business mogul, if you will. I don't think the goal from Mark Cuban was to necessarily make a statement. Like I think that relies more on the players than it is actually the owner. Um, I think it was just the fact of hey, we're not even gonna debate about it. We're just gonna squash and be like, there's no national anthem, so we can't even talk about it anymore. Yeah. Um, that's what I get the sense of it. Now, to answer your question of how was the reaction, let's be honest. depends where you fall on the political spectrum. Because if you go on social media, uh, if you listen to radio stations, like it, it depends. You know, I think some people out there are like, that's disrespectful. That's the way it's always been done. You're trying to make a statement and make a name for yourselves, and it's just not the time for that, whatever. And the other people are like, well, yeah, there's, you know, I mean, there's right and wrong from both sides. Well, and here's the thing about it. To me, there's a little... Like this, I don't know if I'd sit here and lambaste Cuban, but although it might come from a selfish standpoint, is I'm a little bit fatigued on the controversy. Sure. Because you're not moving anybody uh, of over the last handful of years when it comes to whether it's kneeling at, for the national anthem. Yeah. You know, it's it's now this past year in the NFL, it was a more acceptable mm-hmm. move. Yeah. Uh, and we've seen it at all levels of sports, by the way, not just the NFL, but it was more. It wasn't like this big. Headliner every Sunday, news stations doing it, 60 Minutes doing it, people yeah. showing the national anthem. It wasn't that. But it's become such a topic around Colin Kaepernick or around President Trump, around just the NFL in general, mm. that it became it, – it's, I think, a little bit. And I don't know. I don't want to speak for everybody. It's become a fatigued topic. I mean how many times can you debate this or talk about this? Everybody's got their feelings about it like you just said. Sure. So – I was just more interested to see if is Mark Cuban trying to make a statement here or is he trying to avoid distraction? Here's Mark Cuban talking about it. We, we're always talking to our community. I mean, that's something since stands for and is very insistent upon and has become a, you know, a core part of who we are at the Dallas Mavericks. And in listening to the community, there were quite a few people that voiced their, their concerns or really their, their fears that the national anthem and did not fully represent, did not fully represent them, that their voices were not being heard. And so we've had a lot of conversations about whether or not we should play the anthem. And so during the first preseason game, we decided to, to not play play it and just see what the response was, knowing that we were going to have ongoing um, conversations about it. We didn't make any decision to never play the national anthem. That wasn't the case at all. We didn't cancel the national anthem. We still had our flag flying proud and up on the wall at the American Airlines Center and everybody had the opportunity to address it and, 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 you know, pray to it or salute to it or however, whatever their feelings are. You know, as the games went by, you know, honestly, we, we kept on talking about what we were going to do at some point, but obviously it came to the head when it was reported that at one of our games, um, that we hadn't played it. That's Mark Cuban uh, on the jump uh, talking about uh, playing the national anthem or not. They said he didn't. They didn't cancel it. It was kind of this ongoing thing. I mean, yeah. well, they hadn't played it yet sure. yet this year. And the the reason why it came out now is because fans were allowed in, right? Yeah, they had fans. I think uh, not many, obviously, but they did have fans for probably one of the first times on Monday. I think was when this started. Listen, I will. It just depends. It depends where you sit on this. Again, um, I, if I'm being truthful, I think the the conversation, the, the 
controversy isn't going anywhere with constructive conversation. I think it's kind of divided, and it is what it is. Yeah. Um, I think also, given the nature of this last year, I think it, it was not as prevalent of a topic. I also am a believer, though, like if you really ask – would you go to a game and the national anthem not be played? I feel like there would be something missing because I'm used to it. Uh, no, for you know, sure, like for the, sure. the flyover well, comes after the national anthem. We we ask how long or is the national anthem going to be sung at <laughs> at the Super Bowl? Yeah. Like it's a thing. Like Whitney Houston's performance is always remembered. You know, whether it's a minor league baseball game and a kid gets to go sing the national anthem for the first time, or or we're watching people who serve. As they salute for the national anthem, yeah. I think those things are meaningful. I, th- I think it would miss something in sports without it, in general. Like I, I guess uh, my question was, should does it need to be played at sporting events? And I would say I kind of like that it's played at sporting events. So one of the biggest sports memories that sticks out to me in the National Football League that comes to my mind was when it was September 11th, and it would have been my second year, so 2011. It would have been. And it was, we had a home game. I forgot who we're playing. It might have been Titans, but we had a home game and it was like the anniversary, right? So like during that, they had a bunch of like firefighters and medical workers come on the field and hold a giant flag with us. So like I was standing next to, and there's like, my, uh, my friends have like a picture of me. I guess it was like on TV. Like they snapped okay. out a picture and like I always see the picture around like my Facebook memories. But you know, I'm standing next to like a, I think it was a police officer and on one side of the firefighter on the other side. And I'm like, damn, this is like, this, this is deep. You know, this is emotional because I remember being a kid when that took place and everything. And, you know, to be in the National Football League on one of the biggest of stages and share this moment with, you know, workers like that um, who put their life on the line. That meant a lot to me. So like that moment right there says, yes, National Anthem. Absolutely. Because of moments like that. And then obviously at the same time, um, you have stuff like with the whole Colin Kaepernick thing. Did I ever tell the quick story about me in the YMCA in the sauna? over the National Anthem story. I know this sounds completely random. I'll make sure I haven't told the story. I don't story. think so. So I'm sitting in the sauna at the YMCA. This is kind of when the Kaepernick news is really big. So it would been around 16. Correct. Yeah. And usually when I sit in the sauna, I have my headphones on, right? So I, I don't really – I mean, like, I'll be friendly, but I just, I'm kind of my own little world in the sauna there. So I got my headphones on, and I can't help but hear the debate going on in the sauna because I'm sitting next to, like, three or four older gentlemen, and they're talking about Kaepernick. And they're saying how NFL players are entitled and they're spoiled and things like that. And it gets to the point where no matter how loud I turn my headphones on, I can hear this, right? Yeah, yeah. So I pull the headphones down to know I'm ready to engage in the conversation. So we start going back and forth a little bit. And one of the gentlemen, and I, I'd probably peg him at 50 or 60 years old. Now, he, I don't think he served or anything like that, but he obviously he had a strong thought about the national anthem. And I remember he said, "This is it's the most important song in our country's history. How dare Colin Kaepernick not stand for it? And how dare, and I said I'm a former football player, like, how dare your former football players, your teammates, disrespect the flag? And I go, okay. I go, it's the most important song in our country's history, right? And the guy's like, you better believe it. You know, and, I, and I'm not trying to be bigot here, but he had a southern accent, okay? He had a twang to him. And I go, okay. Who wrote it? Who wrote the national anthem? He's like, well, why is that important? I'm like, if the song's that important, who wrote the national anthem? He's like, I can't tell. Well, I don't know. I mean, that's it's an old song. Then I go, why was it written? In the, like, why was it written in the first place? What what war took place when it was written? War of 1812. And obviously, I had a I had a hardcore history teacher that ingrained this in my mind in high school, so I knew about this. And he goes, well, I don't know. Then I go, how can you be so passionate about something? How how can you 
talk bad about somebody who can't defend themselves being former football players or even myself in front of you and you can't even tell me who wrote this song or what the song was about in the first place and i think that some people they want to put their pride into it because you know it's it's where you fall in line you know you, you have to fall on that line of the political spectrum and that's okay but i'm just saying if you truly feel this way then at least do your research, man. Yeah, you know, yeah. like you, you have to do that stuff. By the way, it was Francis Scott Key. Yes, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, the, but the, what's interesting too about maybe why it should be played is it brings up the conversations we've had over the last year. Yeah. So while I say I'm maybe a little fatigued on the controversy because I don't sure. see, it brings up, it does still provoke and spark conversation. Yeah. It and does. means a lot of different things to a lot of different folks. But uh, to answer, so I agree with you. I, I hope they keep on playing it. Yeah. yeah. And, and what's interesting here in this article I just looked up, uh, it started in 1918. Yeah. Uh, apparently, that's what most people say. That was the genesis of the national anthem at sporting events. Yeah. Red Sox and Cubs World Series. And it was played in, like during the seventh inning stretch. And like the fans at the Cubs game were kind of just like, yeah, they're losing. And then all of a sudden, after the national anthem, everybody got like into the game. Yeah, yeah, after yeah. they were singing it and got into the game. Well, now it's God Bless America that plays in the seventh inning yeah. and national anthem before the games. But apparently, that was kind of the genesis of why it would be played at sporting events. Huh. Almost to say, all right, let's go. It's game time. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So interesting uh, of, of where it actually started. That's the thought of uh, why yeah, no it idea. started. And the NBA has said, you're going to play yeah. the national anthem at the games. Uh, uh, so they'll be doing that now in Dallas. We'll be back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 6 night. Hey, welcome back. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Brent Martin, Austin Lane, Coons on a Wednesday. Uh, Daytona week continues. Stuart Weber catching up with Joey Logano. We'll have that conversation tomorrow on the show as the duels get going. Really, tomorrow, one of the, the fun days of Daytona week. I mean, they're all fun if you like racing, but from a casual standpoint, that's the day to go down. The race are a little bit quicker. You get a taste of it. It's fun. Mm-hmm. It's under the lights. Um, and uh, that is happening tomorrow. Now, again, uh, there's not full crowds uh, allowed in at Daytona, but um, there are crowds allowed. I kind of miss being there, too. That's kind of like our I know. We usually tradition. will do a show. Instead, I'll be uh, up at Clemson, most yeah. likely doing the show. <laughs> so we uh, we will have that as we, we talked about uh, Trevor Lawrence <laughs> earlier. And they'll be doing research for the show and watching the <laughs> ACC Network. What is Trevor Lawrence going to do for the next few months? Just rehab? Rehab. I'm always interested. Like, I thought about this today because I'm on the Trevor Lawrence beat. Um, <laughs> is that, is that what, is it, so we call it the Trevor Lawrence beat now? Yeah. Okay. And so I was I was kind of thinking. Sounds a lot better. What's Trevor Lawrence's day like? <laughs> you know, what? Because he was on Twitter. Yeah. So I'm like, well, what does he do? Like, you know what we do when we're we're, like, bored for a few minutes? Go to Twitter. Sure. Of course, yeah. Right? Anybody does that. Or yeah. go wherever, like on your phone. Like, yeah. So he's staying off Twitter. Now, maybe he's on there. He's just not tweeting. Yeah. But what is he doing? And what is he going to do? Like, wh- does, does Trevor Lawrence have a lot in the way of responsibilities for the next few months? He's just got to wait to get drafted and be in pretty good shape and, and nurse that shoulder back to hell. Yeah. I mean, maybe he does a couple interviews here. He can do some kind of interviews, right? Eventually, I would think his to. folks are going to get in front of the national guys yeah, and yeah. do interviews. Eventually. I mean, he'll make a little bit of a circuit yeah. pre-draft. Hopefully he stops by our place. And says, yeah, I'm sure he'll be here. Yeah. But, um, 
you know, and, and once again, and I can't stress this enough, but like I can take all these sound bites that you're giving me right now and say, what does Trevor Lawrence do during the day? That doesn't sound good from your end. But to no. answer the question, I think it's going to be a lot of, of the rehab on the shoulder, obviously. Is it a shoulder or is it a, a clavicle? I mean, it's like the upper arm region. What's the labrum area? Labrum Isn't is like the shoulder. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's the shoulder. Okay. So, yeah, it's going to be a shoulder injury. So, yeah, I mean, he's going to be rehabbing that. And I don't know, maybe he's watching Netflix, playing, can't play video games with one, one arm. So, probably watching Netflix. What do you think Trevor Lawrence watches on Netflix? I wouldn't be good at that. Uh, the, if, if it's Tiger Cam, be Yeah, he could be planning his wedding. Oh, good call. Let's get yeah. married in April. Well, we'll see. <laughs> I might have to postpone that bad boy. <laughs> like Coos. Yeah, like Coos. So, I'm just. Uh, how do you kind of kill the time a little bit? Like, it, See, when, then you say kill the time like a crazy person. Like, uh, listen, it's like Hannibal Lecter right now, dude. Don't say that. Say well, something listen, else. Most people, the time. most of the people that get out of college, right, or are done going to school or are ready to go on to their next phase don't have like three months in between. <laughs> no, I hear They're you. going to get their job or they need a job to... Yeah. Like, he doesn't have to do any of that. It's not like, hey, i got to get a job until April 29th because I don't have any money to spend right now. True. true. <laughs> you know, I don't yeah. think he needs that. Uh, <laughs> He's not going to be painting houses or something or roofing. <laughs> yes. I imagine, imagine seeing Trevor Lawrence roofing for yeah. a couple months. Trevor Just Lawrence to... at the, gro- the Piggly oh, Wiggly no, no, no. in South you, Carolina bagging groceries. Could you imagine, though, if that photo came out, Trevor Lawrence on top of a house, people roofing would with, be with freaking an out. Sling. Yes, I got to make some money for the summer. What do you want me to do? I, I, haven't, I haven't get drafted yet. Yeah, but it just uh, is one. Now they said when he was out there with Jordan Palmer, he was really working on like NFL kind of stuff. Yeah. Like, you know, whether it's third downs, red zone stuff, all that. Well, now, I guess, and, and ironically, Jordan Palmer, another guy that doesn't really check his Twitter that much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there is no way like it would be illegal for the Jags to give him the playbook, right? I mean, that's, that's kind of tampering, right? I would think that's illegal. I don't know. I'm going to have to find well, that out. And do you know why I, I say I can't it? imagine that's like a do you, lot. Do you know why I say I don't know? And now you're going to make fun of me for saying this, but I don't care. <laughs> so this is the movie Draft Day. You know, with yeah. Kevin Costner. Yeah. When when the, the – I forgot the quarterback's name even. But like the the whole story comes out is where they sent this kid – a bunch of teams sent this kid playbooks, right? And he said that he read them all. And then one team put like a $100 bill at the end of the playbook. Remember that? <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe teams can send playbooks. I can't imagine. I gotta look. I'm gonna have to find that out. Okay. But I can't imagine. Why would I mean, you? Well, I, I, I you could with playbooks. him, but you're not gonna do that to most anyway, right? No, because you wouldn't no, want him seeing no, other no. playbooks of if you're course. not gonna. But like, could the Jags do it? Yeah. One other thing about Urban Meyer yeah. and this Jags staff as yeah. we go through a Wednesday, Urban Meyer's just messing with us now, right? Oh, with the coaches? I mean, they've already had their coaches' dinner. I know. With man. their wives, probably. Like. <laughs> They know what they're doing. Those guys are in the building working. Yeah. Hey. Release I, I'll tell you right the now, coaching staff. I'll tell you right now, if I see Joe Cohen at Publix tonight, I'm going to release it myself. I'm taking a picture of Joe Cohen and say he's, 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 he's in Jacksonville. Okay? So just announce it, Jaguars. I agree with you. What it's you amazing. What are you waiting for? Hey, by the way, uh, if you're looking for something for Valentine's Day, how about the Dream 18 card? I like it. Uh, for your loved one. ESPN690.com, the place to go for that. We'll see you on TV tonight, CBS 47 and Fox 30. Are we going to see you tomorrow then or not? Probably from Clemson, South Carolina. So you're not going to be here tomorrow, okay?
Unbelievable. Coos, can you imagine when the documentary comes out about why Brent got a restraining order? We're going to be here sitting like, well, yeah, I guess we should have saw all the signs. We just didn't say anything, and it was too late. Like, I can't wait for this Netflix documentary, man. <laughs> Live Can local love coming up next on ESPN Tracking 690. Trevor. Have a good night. <laughs> Tracking Trevor. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.